Welcome to the Belmont Story Project. My name is Phil Solomon, and I'll be interviewing my husband, Paul, who is sitting right with me here. Today is August the 8th, and we're in the Claflin Room of the Belmont Public Library. Uh, how did you and your family come to live in Belmont? I moved from Cambridge to Belmont in 1962. I have to stop and think about that number because that's, what, 50, 56 years ago. Wow. But I did it so that, uh, and I'd been in practice now for a couple of years, and I did it so that my children could be in a superlative school system. We hear a lot about why people come to Belmont. Uh, and I would still be close enough to downtown Boston to uh, continue teaching at the uh, floating hospital, which was the pediatric unit of Tufts Medical Center. It's worth pointing out that it was called a floating hospital because it was actually, in the late 19th century, it was actually a, a boat where disadvantaged children were taken out into the harbor on this boat as an excursion. And I think they actually had pediatric beds on this boat, so it became the floating hospital. And I think it's, it's now totally, uh, over the recent years, it's been totally um, taken into the whole Tufts Medical Center, but I think it's still called the floating hospital. It was a wonderful experience for me. What would you say is unique about this town? It's an unusual combination of a suburban community. I don't I just have to define a suburb. We're not, we're not rural. We're suburban, meaning that uh, we're somewhere in between there. And yet you have large open spaces in this 4,000, I'm sorry, four square mile small area town where you can walk and enjoy nature. Habitat is one. Rock Meadow is another. And there are others like that. But the other thing about the town is that given all these natural advantages, it also has the benefits of a large city being extremely close by. You can get to many of the top universities um, in town with all the intellectual activity that's going on there. Top museums, theater. You don't have to go downtown Boston to go to Excellent Theater. There's in Watertown and uh, uh, Stoneham and places like that. So that it's, um, it's, it's really become a very, um, well, not diverse community, but a community that has many of those advantages, and that's the, reason, that's the reason we moved here. Do you have any favorite Belmont events? Yes. Meet Belmont on Town Day. At each of these events, so, uh, it's a manifestation of what I call community, and there are many different kinds of communities. There's the community you develop when you're in a school, uh, in your profession, your friends become a community. And of course, we always call the town, this is the community of Belmont, but, but community, people coming together, people interacting with one another, who often don't act, interact with one another. Uh, Meet Belmont uh, was established by the Vision Committee, I might add. Oh, it must be about... 15, 20 years ago now, um, to um, introduce new people to the t to the this town they've just moved into. But it turns out that it has become just as much, if not more, 
for people for long long term residents of Belmont to meet the police chief, to meet the fire chief, to know that there are certain other like a council on aging in town that they might not know about. This became a, a very uh, real meeting place, not only for new people, as I said, but for people who've been in town for some time. And Town Day does much the same thing. In Belmont Center, the business is organized, and they each have little booths, and people can sample food, and sometimes, you see, again, you see people that you haven't seen for a long time. So I found that I found them to be very rewarding uh, events, both of them. What are your hopes for Belmont's future? Well, in a way, it's a it's very much like what you said yourself uh, that I'd like to see a more racially and economically diverse community. Uh, and one of the <clears throat> one of the ways to do that, of course, is to have more affordable housing. There are all kinds of blocks for that. One one of them is the uh, the lack of space, uh, but there is some progress being made, but there need, there's a lot more that needs to be done. Okay, I'm going to ask you some different questions now. For your great-grandchildren or your great-great-grandchildren listening to this years from now, is there any wisdom you'd like to pass on to them, and what would you want them to know? Well, assuming that what I pass on is wisdom, I would at least like them to uh, feel that, uh, or to know that listening can be more effective than talking on many occasions, that they should be aware that uh, life can change in an instant. Thinking about the future is very necessary, but enjoy the moment. That's, that's very wise. I agree with you. Who has been the most important person in your life, and can you tell me about him or her? Well, that doesn't take long to figure out without question. My wife, Phil, you. <laughs> She's an innovator. She has an uncanny eye for design. She's always trying to make things better, for, for example, the garden, food, trying new recipes, making and keeping new friends, but maintaining contact with family and friends over the years. We laugh a lot, which gets us through the inevitable rough spots in any relationship. She, you, is my best friend and the love of my life. Yeah, and I share that. <laughs> what are you proudest of? Well, I'm certainly proudest, first of all, of my family. Secondly, uh, uh, my career as a pediatrician, I practiced medicine from uh, pediatrics from 1960 to 1998. The first 16 years of that time, I was practicing in a uh, uh, solo practice in Belmont Center. Uh, it was in an office building just above what is now, I think it was a Chinese restaurant on the corner of on, uh, Moore Street. And uh, in 1976, uh, I was prodded uh, by my late wife. We had uh, two young children at the time, or three young children, I'm sorry, uh, that I wasn't spending enough time at home because I was in solo private practice with some coverage on weekends. And so uh, I uh, decided I was also recruited to go to what was then called the Harvard Community Health Plan, now Harvard Vanguard. And there are, they had uh, two offices. The second one was in Cambridge. And uh, 
that's where I practiced, both there from 1976 to 79, and both at Cambridge and as a pediatrician and in Belmont, and finally closed my practice in Belmont in 79. And I can say that uh, my time at uh, Harvard Community Health Plan was extremely rewarding. I saw a variety of uh, patients from all over the world, really, uh, including some of the lesser economically disadvantaged, the more economically disadvantaged people from parts of uh, uh, North Cambridge. And it was a very rewarding experience working <clears throat> with some very excellent uh, colleagues. So I enjoyed that a lot. I chaired a number of committees in Belmont, and as a matter of fact, I was instrumental in uh, establishing some committees, including the Vision Committee. But I guess uh, my election to the Board of Selectmen was uh, the high point in my experience in town, and I really enjoyed what I was doing because I really felt that I uh, made a difference. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about the day of your election? <laughs> but remind me, i got to come back to what I was just saying. <laughs> Now I should have missed this. Well, it was, um, I, I was running against, uh, this was in uh, uh, 2002, and I was running against a, a very fine gentleman who'd been a selectman for 24 years. And um, I was asked by a <clears throat> number of people to consider running. I wasn't going to do it, but Phil said, are you kidding? Of course you're going to do it. And so therefore, of course, I did it. And it was one of the most extraordinary experiences of my life because people just came together, everybody wanting to have a new look, a new feel in town. And, um, and I was the instrument, I guess. And the, the election itself uh, was an extraordinary example of people coming together, bonding with each other. And on the day of the election, our whole family at that time, uh, I think there were six grandchildren mm -hmm. at the time, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, there were six. That's right. Jason, the youngest, hadn't been born yet. And uh, they all came into town. And when the results were announced, uh, lo and behold, I had won by a pretty good margin. And if they we talk were... about Wiley. Yeah. That's right. Thank you. During election day, while the voting was going on, it was pretty much practice for the candidates to go around to all the polling places. There were eight in Belmont, for uh, no, six in Belmont, some, one for each precinct, some of them were combined. And uh, I took the youngest grandchild at that time, who I think was seven, and he and I went around to every one of the voting places, and I got to tell you, I had the best time introducing my grandson to all the people who knew me, and it was a very special time. And then when we came home that night and found that we had won, and uh, everybody was so excited. It was one of the most exciting, exhilarating times. We had the cake, big cake. <laughs> they had a cake, yeah. <laughs> I think one of the, the things that happened, that it, 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 we were able to change the direction, and the uh, political direction of the town. And uh, I did feel I made a difference. Uh, we were able to accomplish a number of things that, uh, I'm very proud of. One especially uh, making, uh, beginning the process to make town buildings more efficient, energy efficient. And I was told recently that it's still saving the town 
couple of hundred thousand dollars a year. And there are other things we did that uh, made me feel very... I, I was rewarded by this. I really enjoyed doing this. I was thinking about you as a selectman. When you think about that overall, were there certain times when it was more challenging, or did you find it easy all the way? Well, obviously it's never easy all the way. If you look back on it, it was a wonderful experience. I, I would respond by saying that uh, the most challenging part of it was that uh, for the majority of the time that I served, I served for six years, for the majority of time that I served, there was uh, a very conservative member of the board, very who, who uh, there were two actually, one followed the other, but the, the um, conflict often would be um, instead of making affordable housing, let's say, in a particular spot, nah, tear down the building and the, the opposite, opposite, we tear down the building and uh, put up some uh, lucrative high-cost high, high housing, which uh, would, would uh, bring more money to the, money to the town, which it would do, but it, it wasn't going to help the most people. And there were many conflicts that way, and I, I think that it was challenging, uh, but I mean, to, to make a long story short, I really can say that although we were at odds most of the time with the particular individuals, um, we were always respectful of each other, and we maintain a very good relationship even now. I don't see them very often, but uh, when we do, it's always a very warm Hello. That can be very challenging, not just in town politics, but um, at every level, state, federal, and so on, especially now. How would you like to be remembered? As a person who was true to his word, who followed through on promises made, and who loved being with family and friends. Great. What are the most important lessons you've learned in life? We should live in the present. We should accept the changes aging imposes on the body, but move on. I have to say that that's a lesson that maybe I haven't learned completely because I haven't really come to terms <laughs> with, with the changes aging imposes on the body, but I'm, I'm working on it. Well, you might want to just say that you do work out every single day at the health club. Yes, I do. That's true. Yeah. Um, maybe you could elaborate a little bit on how you got to be a pediatrician. How did you, what made you decide that rather than an internist? <clears throat> That's an interesting question. And yes, I, glad you asked. <laughs> I, uh, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I graduated medical school. I, I went to uh, Boston University Medical School, and uh, in those days, uh, it was I graduated in 1954, and um, did um, an internship. Um, at an internship is the first stage of graduating from medical school, where you 
work on the hospital wards, learning really how to take care of patients. And I did a year <clears throat> uh, at uh, what was then the Massachusetts Memorial Hospital, which is now Boston Medical Center. And I spent uh, some of that time at an infectious disease hospital in uh, Brighton, which is uh, part of my life, too, because I used to be able to walk there from where I grew up. I then, uh, after having spent that wonderful year, because we had the, the Korean War had just ended, I had signed up to a plan called the Berry Plan, which deferred uh, young physicians to get some training done, and then they would have to go into the service to uh, become uh, physicians in the service. And I had a wonderful time doing that as an Air Force flight surgeon, spent two years. By that time, I was married and had... Uh, uh, we, we traveled all over Europe because we were stationed in a very downtrodden space, a downtrodden place about 100 miles east of Paris. And uh, it was a very rewarding experience. And I did a lot of general medicine on that base. Came home and uh, wasn't sure what I was going to do. So for some crazy reason, I wasn't sure really whether I wanted to do internal medicine, pediatrics. I always liked kids, but for some crazy reason, I decided to go to the Veterans Hospital in, in West Roxbury at that time. I'm sorry, uh, Roxbury. And I spent a year taking care of um, uh, older people, guys who'd been through a lot in the service. Many of them had liver disease. And I very quickly decided that internal medicine wasn't for me, and so I immediately applied for a uh, residency program at the Floating Hospital, uh, which I'd mentioned before, and have never regretted it. I loved every minute of it. I was able to, this time, uh, be involved at the Haynes Memorial uh, as, a, as a physician, not just as a medical student, and it's been just a was wonderful from there. I enjoyed every minute of being a pediatrician. You know, I was thinking a little bit, and I was thinking <clears throat> about you and me, and one of the things I think, two things really, but one is we laugh a lot. We really do. Sometimes we laugh at each other, but it's just life has a, a humor to it, and I think that's really important. And there was one other thing I thought of, now that I can't remember it. <laughs> well, I think, I think we take time to be with each other. You know, a lot, I think we're older now, and we're old enough that we don't have little children to take care of. And we can do more things together, which we do. Uh, yep. And I think that's really important. I agree, totally. Let's talk about the uh, when we decided to get married. Oh, I don't know <clears throat> because it wasn't one, true. One, one, <laughs> why don't you ask me? No, no, no. Would you like to tell me about when you asked me to marry me, you? <laughs> well, as I remember, we were walking along the Charles River. We'd known each other for uh, well, several months, a number of months, actually. And uh, I don't know, I think we stopped. I looked at you and I said, Let's get married. You stopped. You said, okay. 
<laughs> but what I always remember is that as we were walking back to your apartment, we're already planning the wedding. It <laughs> <laughs> was a great wedding. <laughs> it was a great wedding. Yeah, do you want do you want to argue with that? Not a bit. Never. <laughs> That's the way it happened. Yeah. Oh, well, there's another, there's actually a very f- funny story. When I first, when oh, I first yeah. met Phil's family, her mom, who became very good friends, she and I became very good friends by that time. Her father had long passed, unfortunately. But she brought me to her apartment, and um, her son and daughter and her mom were there. Her son and daughter-in-law, John and John and Lynn, were there, and I hadn't met any of them. And we had we had not announced our engagement. I don't think. No, No, we hadn't. No. (laughs) And so Mildred, her her, my mother-in-law to be, um, was there, and Phil introduced me to Mildred. And she looked at me and she said, now, let's see, what should you call me? 30 second, hesi- 30 second hesitation. She said, how about mom? Oh. <laughs> well, needless to say, that's true. Needless to say, that was a conversation stopper. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, I think we can leave it at that. Yeah. I think we we just seize the moment. Yeah. We really do. Uh, and I think that's so important. And our kids, I mean, what could I say? They've really come together beautifully. We're very grateful. Yeah, I, I think one of our proudest times, proudest issues for us is how the family has become one family. As we already said a couple of times, we try to have gatherings that bring them together because they're spread out literally all over the world. The, one of the, the oldest grandson is a uh, captain in the um, Marine Air Force and flies uh, Osprey aircraft. And so he can be anywhere in the world. As a matter of fact, uh, he's been in Kuwait on one occasion, will be deployed again, and sometimes it's very difficult. As a matter of fact, we had a very nice birthday party for me for the 90th at Habitat, I might add. But the reason for having the birthday party is not to so much to celebrate the individual, but to bring the family together. And everybody came, all the grandkids, all the kids, all well, the spouses. But Nick couldn't come because he was 3,000 miles away. But FaceTime. Yeah, we did do FaceTime, that's right. So that's, uh, that's been a very rewarding part of our lives. The most, probably as rewarding as anything else, I think. I would say yes yeah. to that.